Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Christy. I am here in my home studio recording another episode of the Weird Works podcast. And today I have Tam Carter with me and she's going to be talking about her organization Shed a Light on Endo. So you guys, the last two episodes on Weird Works were about endometriosis awareness and leading up to this event that Tam actually hosted locally on a virtual format here in Jacksonville. And um, we just wanted to make sure we keep the conversation going because Shed a Light On is an organization that does exactly that, raises awareness of multiple reproductive concerns that may affect one's fertility. Endometriosis is a big one, but also adenomyosis, fibromyalgia, and fibroids. And as I covered in my last ep- in the last episode, you know, that's my story as well. That's how I became a natural holistic doctor and decided not to go the traditional route. And so Tam obviously has her own story and journey that she's going to share that obviously got her passionate about this to start to raise awareness locally and part of the national scene as well. So I'm going to let her tell you all about it. So Tam, welcome to the Weird Works podcast. Hi, thank you, Dr. Christy. You're welcome. So where did you start? You know, I mean, that's a very open-ended question, but what made you take an interest in this cause? Was it your own health journey? Yes. Um, so I was diagnosed with endometriosis. I want to say 1999, 2000, um, after just having horrific pain during my cycle. Um, it started when I got in college, like my freshman, sophomore year in college. Um, I would miss classes um, and I would miss work because I've always worked in um attend classes so it just got to the point where I was like this can't be normal Um, I had been used to hearing oh you know from 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 my inner circle painful periods are normal that's part of the process probably when you have a baby they will decrease it will make it better Um, but I got to the point where it was just really hindering my my financials and I just went to my doctor and I was like I'm tired of pain I'm tired of calling out from work I'm tired of missing classes I'm having to redo classes so um, at this point um, by 1999 I had the laparoscopy Mm -hmm. and they told me that I had uh, stage stage four endometriosis Um, and it was really severe and um, that's how I found out about it because I was just tired of pain. A lot of women, it doesn't affect them with pain. It just affects them maybe when they're finally trying to conceive and then they go to their doctor and are like, not conceiving, but they don't have monthly pain. However, mine was totally opposite. I had the monthly pain. I wasn't trying to conceive. Um, so when I 
uh, had the laparoscopy. Maybe a year later, I had the surgery um, where they went in and I think I was in the hospital maybe three to five days. I don't remember because it's been so many years ago. Um, but it was a lengthy recovery. Um, I really wasn't thinking about fertility at that point because I was still young. I was in my 20s. Um, me being an auntie, very young in life. And like, I think I, my first niece came along when I was probably in middle, middle school. <laughs> So I had been used to having that that auntie love and that motherly. Um, I've had a child in my life for the longest. So I wasn't thinking about children. I was just thinking about being able to finish school, my career, having fun, and not having to rearrange my life around my cycle. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you just talk, touched on a lot of topics, like of the women that we've been interviewing and talking to you know, it usually does start in the teenage years. And so, you know, I think women just aren't necessarily empowered at that age. They don't know their body, you know, they're not as right. familiar. And also there's like a stigma, like not every young girl wants, feels comfortable talking to their peers, parents, other doctors about discomfort with menses, you know, in that topic, you know, so hopefully your organization will help bring a voice that people feel comfortable so that they seek alternatives and they advocate for themselves to get answers. Because like you had said, it's not easily diagnosed. Isn't that correct? Correct. It's not. Um, generally, they the laparoscopy, which is a surgery, is, mm -hmm. is technically a surgery, even though it's like small incisions, it's still considered a surgery. They're putting you to sleep and they go in and it's exploratory surgery. And a lot of times they're able to do things at that point to help with it, um, or they're needed to access to know the plan, a route of surgery, major surgery that they're going to do right. later on to remove it. Right. And that's, What's scary, like I know I, my journey was very similar to yours. I was young. I was focused on my career. I was going to pre-medical, you mm. know, and I, and it was holding me back. That's yeah. kind of the part of the awareness that your, your foundation and below the belt and this national campaign are trying to bring awareness to is like, I just found this out. Endometriosis is considered one of the 20, top 20 most painful conditions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. When we're talking about that level of pain, like you can't focus and concentrate. I had to discontinue my pre-medical studies and come home on a medical leave of absence. You know, it's devastating. And like you said, you know, women are out of work. I know um, they've been trying to get it on the list as um, the list of diseases that could qualify for disability because some women just have this for so many years first of all, wrongfully or misdiagnosed. And then secondly, with a diagnosis doesn't necessarily guarantee that they immediately get on the right path for healing. Correct. Right. Correct. Correct. They can go and, through so many tunnels before they get there. Yeah. And so I know for me, and you can share yours too, like I had to go through a lot of different remedies and jump through hoops because of insurance before they would let them do the surgery. And to me, they kind of said like, well, the only way to really confirm the suspicion that you have this endometriosis is exploratory surgery. So, you know, to me, I'm like, okay, so they're just going to like open me up and like look around because they can't figure anything else out. That's mm -hmm. crazy town, right? 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in as a young woman. Um, I know, I, I believe I was still under my father's medical insurance because I was still probably under age of 25. I think I was back then um, in 99, I'm 47 now. So mm -hmm. I, I was able to, um, after the point where my first four years of college, it was like I was pushed back so many times I didn't get to get my degree after four to five years. So at that point, that's when I went to my doctor and was like, this is really just hindering my life. So it, unfortunately, fortunately, I was covered under, still under my father's insurance. Mm -hmm. And I had that surgery. And then, like I said, like six months, maybe to a year later, I just went ahead and had the other surgery. I said, what, what are the odds, you know, if I'm going to feel better, that I want to do it. And that was the only thing I was thinking about, feeling better. I didn't know anything about holistic journeys or anything or even a recovery um, program after surgery. It was just about having surgery and, and hopefully feeling better after surgery. Yeah. And what surgery did you have? I had a laparotomy where um, it's kind of it's kind of like a C-session cut. I, I, I can give that as an um, example. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they went in, um, they were supposed to be with robots, but at some point, sometime, uh, they have to actually do other procedures while in there. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a frozen pelvis. So it was just, it was a matter of reconstructive. A, a lot of things went on during my surgery. So, um, and I didn't have excursion surgery. That wasn't my first surgery. So I've yeah. had two um, surgeries uh that one was probably 2000 my second one was around 2015 okay yeah and so that was five years in between did you then after surgeries did you have Lupron or did you do any of the hormonal type therapies in addition to surgery um well the gap in surgery was more like 10 to 15 years the first oh, one <laughs> yeah no um the first one I had Lupron before surgery I think it was a course of six months, my uh, GYN put me on it because they wanted to suppress everything before having mm -hmm. the surgery. So mm -hmm. that was my first touch of Lupron uh, mm -hmm. in, my, in my dear early 20s um, yeah. and didn't know anything about what Lupron does down the road. Even you're not still on it, but you've been on it. I learned that in my late 30s. So yeah. um, later on, I, this next surgery, no, I did not get on Lupron because I, I knew a, a little bit about Lupron at that point. And I just think that was that was my REI, my, my second surgery. So, well, technically third, but it was the second um, removal for endometriosis. Yeah. Uh, he um, was more pressed and concerned about fertility, pre pre preserving. Mm -hmm. So, um, we didn't do the Lupron on that go round. And, uh, and even before my second surgery, I learned that I had, um, I had fibromyalgia. I was diagnosed with that in 2011. So that was in between the two surgeries. And a lot, I still feel a lot of the medications I probably was on the initial go round had a lot to do with, um, other, other conditions. Yeah. Now, 
Well, and tell us what you've learned since about the Lupron and about some of the medications. Like, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? And would you have done things differently or made different decisions in advocating for your own care? Well, there's a bone loss that they say you can get from 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 Lupron, um, and I don't I have I don't know if I've had any of that bone loss. Um, but just reading the trials that come behind using Lupron, it, it gave me some key like factors that, you know, this may has been the cause of some of my issues now. Um, but I don't know if I would have did anything differently then. Um, I know I would have had more holistic, like uh, after surgery, I, I would have um, had a regiment for like illusion castor packs for, for instance, for once. I, I, I never knew about that back then. Um, generally, your GYN doctor doesn't really discuss any of those options, which I, I wish. I think a little bit more different doctors are doing. They, they have their own specialties now. So, so they're incorporating a lot of these things and telling the women. Um, however, back then, what, 20 years ago, you just went to surgery and um, you didn't really have any other follow-up other than, uh, or like even like pelvic therapy, you know, th th none of that was suggested or even preserving my eggs wasn't uh, suggested back mm -hmm. then. Had I had known um, what endomesis does to your egg quality, I would have definitely did a little bit differently my first surgery, even but even my second surgery. So um, it is a lot, um, but now I can tell you there is a lot of more information now than it was then. Um, and I, I recommend anybody that's um, considering surgery to always have a holistic plan as well. I'm not saying don't do surgery, but if you're considering surgery, combine them. Yeah. You know, different strokes. I'm an advocate. Folks, yeah, but, I'm an advocate for the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like get it out of your body. You know, there's so endometriosis, I know we've covered this in the last couple of sessions, but for the listeners, in case you haven't listened to the last two episodes, the endometrium, I'm gonna get a little sciencey on everybody, but the endometrium is the lining of the uterus, and that's what bleeds and sheds every month, making the menstrual cycle. And so in endometriosis, there's some theories, but I still don't think they 100% know why, but that lining gets outside of the uterus for whatever reason, and then it attaches to maybe the lining of the abdomen, it can attach to other organs, it can attach to the muscles and tendons of the pelvic floor. They found endometrial lesions in the in brain and in eye tissue. And so these lesions are made up of the same hormone-fed tissue of the uterine lining. And so every month when the uterus, even though it's supposed to do that, you know, swells and then sheds if there isn't any pregnancy. These lesions that are attached elsewhere also bleed and swell. And so you can imagine they're going to disrupt the function of whatever area and cause immense pain and stretching in those areas. And so it's widespread. And, you know, when I was young and probably when Tam was trying to get advocate for herself and get a diagnosis too, like they just thought, oh, it's a female problem. And so they only look at your uterus and your ovaries. Mm -hmm. But now we're not understanding that it's a systemic inflammatory 
fed condition. And so the old therapies of just doing surgery and suppressing of women's hormones isn't sufficient. You right. have to treat the full body and you have to look for other sources of inflammation and things that would limit and hinder the body's natural ability to heal from those things. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the alternative and natural holistic model does super well. You know, if somebody has these lesions that, you know, in my case, like you had stage four, I don't even think they called it different stages back when I had it. But like I had it so bad that it literally herniated through the lining of my abdomen. So I had an internal hernia that was like three-dimensional and a three-dimensional mass in there. It wasn't just these like some are just flat lesions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's gonna require surgery, right? Like get that out of that area. It's not gonna yeah. just disappear on its own. But how do you prevent it from coming back? Because like Tam and myself, like. I don't know if I've talked to any women who've only had one surgery and then got healed of it and it never came back. Have you? Right. Me either. Yeah. And maybe even the now, maybe and it doesn't cure there. We had a lady, she on the panel, I don't know if you remember that, but she kind of interfered. I'm like, I've been healed of it. And then she kind of, oh, yeah. you haven't. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm going to claim healing. Like I don't have any more issues. So like, I'm going to claim it. But her point was that like, if I went and had exploratory surgery, they might very well still find lesions in my abdomen right. in places that doesn't belong. And I'm like, well, nobody who's doing well is going to like sign up for the surgery just to prove (laughs) whether or not I've been completely cured. I'm like, I'm claiming victory and I don't have any more issues and I've been healed. But I know for me personally, and then that's why I became a natural holistic doctor was like to help other people, but in an attempt to heal myself too. And as I was learning what was really helping me, I was like, shoot, I need to go do this for other people as well. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. Yeah, when you learn, you have this, you, you, all of, you, you feel the urge to just tell everybody and share and try to help people before they get there. Yeah, and that's probably what got you, you know, on your journey of creating Shed a Light and then you found the Below the Bell and did you ever think back then that you would become an advocate for endometriosis awareness? Never. No, it was, it never crossed my mind. You know, I was just uh, trying to um, get better and figure out uh, what worked for me. And um, it just seems like every 
every five to 10 years, it was something else. Like I said, I, I found out I had endometriosis in 1999. Then 10 years later, I found out I had fibromyalgia. Um, then 10 years after that, I realized and look at my operative report from back to 2015 and realized abnormiosis has been there as well. You know, it was never a conversation with my doctor, the, the surgeon that did the surgery, but it was there in black and white. So, and, and what brought that upon is that I started seeing doctors because I started experiencing different, you know, different other things, maybe heavier menstruals than I had ever experienced. And I heard the word abnormiosis. Um, and that was, like I said, probably around 2020, 2021. And I just one day was looking through my operative report because I would send it out for consultations and I saw abnormiosis there. And I was like, this has been five, over five years ago now. So, and that's another thing I want to bring awareness. Look at your operative reports. They're there for you. Um, ask, ask for your records, you know, read them over, at least get your eyes on them. So, you know, you recognize the words you may not you you may see, know it when you see it again or um because that's what um sometimes if you don't know what's going on in the room and your doctor don't really just say verbally share it with you and you might be trusting that they will verbally share but you it's probably there it's just in writing yeah and how did that change like the fact that there was also adam meiosis did that change like what you needed to do for your self-care or what your treatment options were it just explains, sometimes you can put everything on endometriosis yeah. um, when something goes, something different goes wrong. Even though I've learned my body over the course of the years, I'm like, this is not normal endometriosis here. Something else is, is, is going on. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was rewarding to kind of get a, a confirmation on, okay, this is also. So mm -hmm. that just kind of confirmed another condition you know um and a, another which opens up another can of worms per se um when it comes to fertility okay. so okay. yeah it's just knowing your body I know it's kind of a weird thing but we hear this over and over again like even in my you know in my holistic clinic it's not that like you want to hear that something's wrong you know right. but but for people who have been struggling and not gotten answers and they know they don't feel a hundred percent but they can't find somebody to advocate or find what's going on. Like just to have a name can be like, okay, it's not all in my head, right? Like I'm not crazy. Like it confirms like, okay, there's something. And sometimes when you could call it something, then you can from there move on and heal and create an action Correct. plan, right? Correct, Correct. yes, yes. Yeah. And then then it sometimes people people that are not familiar with what the conditions are can sometimes give you advice. And it's not really advice you may want to follow without you knowing what's going on with your body yourself and get the research you need, because that's another road you might be going down for years that, you know, it's just all about information and learning and knowing what's going on because those symptoms are telling you something. Yeah, I think too, sometimes like people, find comfort in alternative medicine because we tend to take the time and we tend to put an emphasis on knowing your body and on educating the patient so that we can kind of partner together it's not right. just like the doctor is over top of the patient and you know kind of just dominating like the care and not asking the patient 
you know, to have autonomy or, and that kind of thing as well. So I like, that's a really good point that you bring up. Yeah. So what do you do now for your health? Do you want to kind of talk about like what some of the um, resources that you use in acupuncture? Do you do anything diet wise? Do you do any supplements? Yeah, so probably I started really looking at my diet um, probably about 10 years ago now. I've, I've been from um, vegan to carnivore, um, a range of diets. And you sometimes you just have to try different things to see what works for you because not necessarily your diet may work for someone else. So mm -hmm. everybody, that body is different and you may be looking for different results for different reasons. Like when you're right. talking about fertility, there's a different diet you need to make sure you're doing to make sure you're getting the nutrients. And, and if you're not doing supplements or adding the supplements, you know, so that may not, that diet that you need to be on fertility may not be what uh, may not be the same diet someone else is on because they're not trying to get pregnant or they're not trying for fertility. So um, diet, acupuncture, um, I first probably went to acupuncturist, oh gosh, probably 2010, I started in acupuncture. Mm -hmm. um, not really knowing all the benefits of acupuncture at the time. So I didn't continue with it. I probably popped back on it another five years later. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's like I said, my cycles have been like every five to 10 years, um, things mm -hmm. change. So, uh, but acupuncture is a wonderful alternative um, medicine per se to um, assist with not only um, the conditions, but with fertility. Um, and just holistic um, doctors that can get you to understand your whole body. Because like you were saying earlier, sometimes the specialist only specializes in this one part of the body. But when you're, you're learning what holistic is, normally one part of that body, it affects another part of the body. So just like when people may think, a hysterectomy as an answer it could possibly very well be but then it could also be hurting you down the road because that 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 uterus and ovaries do so much to help your your heart your 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 cognitive function and things and then sometimes when they're gone and down down the road you have to make sure you're doing those supplements or whatever those hormone replacement therapies to to counteract but um, supplements. I have been on a range of different supplements. Um, I've had gut testing. So you have to really know what supplements your body is, is needing and missing um, because sometimes we can take too many supplements and they're not helping or, or counteracting. Um, so a gut testing is a good place to start to know um, what those supplements you need, but vitamin D is one that I've always been like in, um, and I really start seriously taking a supplement probably about five to 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, before that, I just would take the test. The doctor would ask you to go take your, get your blood work, mm -hmm. okay? And I, the reason why I know this is because I look back at a lot of my records, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I have been having low vitamin D for years and I was never told to get on a supplement mm -hmm. um, so vitamin D is vital and um, and I've just realized I've been depleted in it for for so many years so 
I, I have a vitamin D that I make sure I take. A lot of that is in like prenatal vitamins as well. But if you're not on those prenatal vitamins, you're not getting that supplement. So, right. um, but yes, diet, acupuncture, um, supplements, they're, they're so very important. And when you learn to start advocating for yourself and, and find that, what is it, naturopathic doctor that maybe can, can assist you with learning you know, about your body, um, that's the way to start. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle, for the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out, while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I like, like you said, like testing, you know, like we do, we um, do several types of testing in our office, but what's cool about it is like, there's no guesswork. It's not like cookie cutter where every person with endometriosis or infertility gets the same exact regimen. It's very individualized from person to person, just like you're saying. And also like each women's treatment goals might not be identical either. And so it's important to incorporate like their lifestyle and other factors in addition to like structural, physical, biochemical medicine, you know, what is their stressors like and what other things are contributing to, you know, just not healing. Stress hormones are huge. When we're talking about hormone-fed conditions, your female hormones aren't separate from your stress hormones, aren't separate from your blood sugar hormones and etc. And so, you know, finding a fun somebody who's more holistic and functional minded that knows that interconnection, like there's no way you can affect one hormone without affecting all the rest of them. It's impossible. Like it's physically impossible, you know? So I like that you said that. And then there's testing, you know, blood tests are one thing. There's functional tests like the GI map you're discussing. You know, in our office, we do hormone testing by saliva, not blood work, because we can collect it for a whole 30-day cycle and understand not just progesterone and estrogen levels, but like luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone and more like the markers from the pituitary that signal the thyroid, adrenal, and ovary to be healthy and well. And so, yeah, it shouldn't just be a a supplement regimen that you pull off the shelf or take a pill for a problem or, you know, a symptom. I know that there's a lot of natural stuff out there and a lot of DIY and a lot of like Facebook groups. And I just caution people to be super careful when you have a condition and you're new to finding answers. The last thing you want to do is waste time and money and hope on piecemealing a program together and taking a lot of stuff that you're not knowledgeable about Cause I find like, even though it might be less expensive in the beginning to do that, 
Mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, hire and trust and follow a health practitioner's protocol, I can promise you time and time again, I've seen people waste more time and money and effort trying yeah. to DIY it themselves and do it the less expensive way where if they found the right person from day one and got on the right protocol and not just like what step one, but knew how to peel back the layers and follow like different stages of healing in an orderly systematic fashion, that they could have been all the way, you know, through to like a complete healing. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Time is money. (laughs) Money is time. Yeah. And most people have already struggled for years and sometimes decades before they even get on the right path or have the right diagnosis. So like, don't waste more time just dabbling in something that you're not educated to do. There are people out there that know exactly what to do and how to help you. Yes. And a lot of times you have to find the right doctor because like I found my GYN, um, Dr. Adams, and she, um, she kind of helps when it comes to explaining things or, or advising you to maybe seek another type of doctor or even a holistic doctor to, to, to get some answers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you want somebody that's going to yeah. work with you, not kind of judge like, okay, I've got my medical people over here and I've got my holistic people over here and they don't want to know about each other. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's kind of com- com- combination that will, will help you get to your, your healing. Yeah. So I know we keep using the word advocate. So let's talk about some of these, like shed a light on what are you doing with that now? It wasn't just the event. How is that connected with the Below the Belt, which was the premiere film that you brought to Jacksonville on March 1st? Tell us about things that are going on for endometriosis advocacy and awareness. Yes, so um, as you wear, March is Endometriosis Awareness Month, and um, this was our first annual uh, virtual um, event, just bringing awareness to it. There was a a ton of doctors, whether it was um, you, Dr. Chrissy, was was, was on the panel. Uh, We had Dr. L.J. Johnson, which is a holistic doctor. We had a surgeon, um, Dr. Jessica. Um, it was just a mixture of everything that you would possibly need if you're an endo patient. Um, it, it was a fertility doctor, Dr. Samuel E. Brown, um, pelvic floor therapy, um, even fibromyalgia coach was in there because those are all conditions that I have um, had or have and, and trying to manage it. You know, it's a management every day, you know, from endo to abnormiosis, to fibromyalgia, um, to, well, fi- fibroids was just uh, something that, that happened and it, it, everyone don't necessarily have fibroids, but it was a condition that, that I had at some point too. I didn't hear about it till my late thirties um, and I had never heard about it before. Um, and that is sometimes it's dependent on diet. So, um, Endo is, 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 it is composed of a lot of things, not saying that if you have endo, you're going to have these other conditions, but um, those were just the, the other um, organization or the other conditions that I chose to build my foundation on just because I had a history with, with them all. And I just thought if I needed the awareness um, or had I known about the awareness during my diagnosis, 
who knows where I would be now. So I just feel like it's my obligation, it's my duty, it's my purpose to, to spread awareness about, about all of them. But March is always dedicated to endometriosis um, because that is the month. Um, April is abnormalosis awareness month. May is fibromyalgia awareness month. And so um, you may hear from me those months this year, and you may not hear from me until next year on those months because we are a new startup organization. So um, we're we're building and building our um, social media followers and just trying to spread awareness anywhere we can um, to help at any age, at any, at any age that still needs to know more. Yeah, I agree. No, I love it. And how can people follow you if they want to track with you and see what you've got for the months coming and leading up to next March? Where, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook at Shut a Light On as well as Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And so, um, and then the Below the Belt, when is that coming out on PBS? Um, that is through the organization called Endo What. You can also follow them on, on Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, that is where I found them because I follow them as an endo um, patient. Um, so I've been following them for, for years now, and I went to their website and noticed they had a film coming out about endometriosis. And I was like, oh my God, oh my word, that is awesome. I was like, this will help families um, because when you, as you know, as an endometriosis person or sufferer, your family doesn't understand if they didn't have it or even was told they had it, they don't understand what you go through. And like I said, you can be in different stages with endo. You could be a person don't have pain, but you have problems with fertility. So you're not aware you're the same person. You're the same in the, you, you know, you're an endo person. You just don't, you're not aware that that one, that person may suffer with it differently than you. So I was just so glad that they had a film. Someone was making a film about it. So everyone can see because it's just not the person that's suffering that needs to, to the awareness. It's the families. So everybody can work together to come up with a, a, a plan or um, a, a way of dealing with it because it's a debilitating disease for many, um, like myself. Um, I've I've fought uh, Social Security for ten years and um, still was not approved with the all the conditions that I've had. So it is a great push and movement that they're doing, um, and hopefully it will be added to the list of disabilities. Right. I just learned that about that myself. So basically, regardless of how debilitating it is, how much loss of, you know, productivity, loss of work hours, inability to go to school, if it's not on the list of accepted conditions, somebody literally cannot apply for disability or benefits for endometriosis. So that's some of the, you know, national campaign that's also going on. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, some great work has been done. So I highly, highly recommend you follow Tam on Shed a Light On, follow Endo What, so you can kind of keep an eye on things that are going on both locally and nationally um, and share it with women who might be struggling, who are maybe in that stage of not knowing or getting answers and they're struggling. 
um, and you hear that they've been bouncing around from specialist to specialist, having tests coming up empty handed with really no result. That was me. That was Tam. That's so many of the women that we've talked to leading up to um, endometriosis aware awareness month here in March. So thank you so much. I, we thank love you. passionate people. You know, God always uses our suffering as a testimony and you're absolutely an example of that for sure. So we thank you a hundred thousand percent. You're welcome. Yes. And I, I come to realize that and I was like, I got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, well, that has been another awesome episode of the Weird Works podcast and Good Health Naturally. I'm Dr. Christy signing off. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all soon. Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.